Hey, you're listening to Pull the Plug. Sometimes we do say some naughty words on air like poo-poo, pee-pee, caca, elbows. While that escalated quickly, listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's going on? You are listening to Pull the Plug podcast with myself, Shannon Bryan. And myself, Justin G. And uh, that's it for tonight. Yeah, crickets after my name yeah uh me and shannon going solo this evening we've lost a lot of the sexy tonight with uh justin briner being out of studio yeah uh he's sick is his Um, herpes flaring up or i I think uh tonight was his uh auditions for the circus oh um where he is going to be the bearded lady so that's unusual well good for him though i mean I mean, I think pursuing dreams is important for sure. Like, I think it's going to be a hard get, uh, considering he's a dude who can't grow facial hair. Yeah, but um, it it was an interesting choice. Well, and... no, the beard is in a different position than what we're normally used to, Shannon. Gotcha. So okay, forget. no, I I get it then. There we go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not one to uh, uh, stop people from from achieving their goals. That's important. Yep. Um, I I'm I'm upset that he's not here tonight. Um, because I had a story all lined up. Just for him? For for you guys to gross you out. And uh, now i got to save it till next week. Darn, eh? It, I'm, I'm upset about it. I have an extra week of preparation. You do, yeah. yeah. So uh, this will be a shitty show. But <laughs> next week, whoa, next week will be great. Well, looking at what we have coming up, it's uh, it's really not going to be that bad. No. Um, There's some goodies mixed in here. Yeah, coming up for you tonight on Pull the Plug, um, a huge illegal music pressing plant was found in Germany. So, illegal pressing. That uh, have Germans not gone digital yet? I think it was like CDs and and well, I guess CDs aren't digital, but CDs and vinyl. So, I mean, vinyl's making resurgence and they're just like pirating music wow. somehow and I putting f- on vinyl. So, we're going to talk about that. I feel like we've gone back to the 90s or something. This is great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um the Polaris Music Prize uh, for 2014, the shortlist has been announced. Yes. So, we're going to take a quick look at that. Um Shannon uh, was awesome enough, um, just recently uh, was down at uh, Scene Fest in yes. uh, St. Catharines, and got a, uh, a great interview with Mike of International Zombies of Love. Yeah, fuck yeah, what a great dude. And for the record, I'm always awesome, not just recently awesome. Well, <laughs> hmm. um, But always awesome, uh, Mike of International Zombies of Love. He was incredible, and I'm excited to share that interview with you guys. Yeah, it sounds great, so we got that coming up for you. And the three-year-old girl that woke up at her own funeral. So we've got that as well as your movie update and your music news. That sounds like the worst ever. Oh, it's awesome. (laughs) I'm very excited. So please stay tuned, won't you? If you want to get into contact or stay updated with everything Pull the Plug, just go to our website, ptppodcast.com, which actually just got a recently a little facelift. Yeah, we uh, took a few years off of of these faces. Yeah. Check it out. Do some Photoshop in there. ptppodcast.com. Let's get the night started with a really, really cool cover. Here is Comfortably Numb by the boys on Pull the Plug Podcast. Not if you can hear me Is there anyone home? Come on now I hear you feeling down I can easy pain Get you on your feet again Relax I need some information first Just 
comfortably numb and we're back at ptp we are back we're back um so germany's got a lot to celebrate they just recently won the world cup so congratulations fucking a that was awesome um but apparently they're also stuck in the past um (laughs) after a two-year search police have uncovered a massive illegal pressing plant and have seized a large number of illicit cds dvds and yes even Vinyl DVDs too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're really stuck in in the past. It's reported as being one of the largest illegal pressing plants in Europe, and uh, if you're confused, so are we. <laughs> yes. uh, people are still ba- buying CDs, apparently in bulk in Germany, um, and apparently the Germans listen to music differently than the rest of the world. Well, most of us, you know, rely either on digital stuff or, or streaming music, mm-hmm. um, a, a habit that a, a lot of people will believe will actually make the music industry kind of bottom out in the next decade. Uh, apparently, Germans still love their physical formats. Uh, Billboard reports, shockingly, that after 15 years in decline, CDs are actually rebounding in Europe, and they account for two-thirds of all music purchases. Wow. Vinyl, for its part, saw nearly 50% growth, and roughly 20% of all sales were digital. So... Wow. It's a, CDs are a huge industry in Germany. Their sales come up to roughly about $2.1 billion. Which Still. I mean, compare like for comparing like the size and the population of the countries like that. That's still a sizable number. What's crazy is that the German authorities, after busting this plant, think that it's going to have a huge impact on that amount. That that's really? how much this plant has been pushing out. That's insanity. So to think that you bust one illegal pressing plant and suddenly an industry is altered is altered. Which is oh fantastic. Like it's it's fascinating to me. I mean, there's something to be said about owning the physical copy and having your hands on whether it whether it's the the CD or the vinyl for like collective purposes or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I I do feel like you appreciate it more when you have something physical. 
the uh, the German Federal Music Industry Association CEO, which is a, a fucking thing apparently. That's a great is, title. Is quoted as in his uh, article with Billboard.com. The equipment found here demonstrates once again that the that this is not the work of petty criminals, but of professional organizations whose criminal activities inflict massive damage on artists and the recording industry. Wow. I can't, be- I can't believe or even fathom a factory that's able to push out enough vinyl CDs and, and DVDs that it's going to have an impact on the industry itself. And in how Europe. do you keep a factory like that under wraps? Like, how do you... I mean, obviously, they're not anymore, but for a good period of time, they had kept it covered. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. That's insanity. You, there's so many questions that I have about this. How do you keep that under wraps? And and who's involved? Yeah, and and just insanity. So uh, we're. Gonna... I, I would be actually very interested to if any notable names come to light in the in the whole thing because obviously, like he said, these are not petty criminals. They're people that had a very good handle on what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what was going on. It's kind of cool. Definitely. So we'll be posting the link to this story uh, as well as all the stories. From this evening's show on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that shit. You can find uh, the links to both of those, as well as the channel, to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find links to all of those at our website, ptppodcast.com. Coming up here, we've got another cover to, uh, you know, kick off the evening. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Paul Federici here covering The Golden State by City in Color here on Pull the Plug Podcast. Thank you. 
State cover there by Paul Federici. Uh, last week we got to play Paul's uh, interview that I, I had with him at Scene Fest yeah. in St. Catharines. And now we're going to get into another gem here. Uh, possibly, sorry, Paul, my favorite interview of the weekend. <laughs> uh, Mike was just fantastic, and I'm excited to uh, share this one with our PTP audience. Here is my interview with International Zombies of Love. So, hey, Mike. Hey. So awesome to catch up with you. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Uh, my pleasure. Um, so, first off, I have to ask about the name, the inspiration behind it. International Zombies of Love. Yes. You know, it, it's it's one of those things that kind of was a bit of a joke, but at the end of the day, I think it actually sort of satisfies like where we're at with this project. It's like, it started with um, the whole project started around three or four years ago, maybe five. I don't know. My partner, she was away in Amsterdam all year, and so I had a baby grand piano at home, some synths and stuff. And you know, after going out all the time and stuff, I ended up. What do you do? You ended up, you either drink and get stoned, or you actually do something productive, like do an album or something like that. So I started writing material, and it's one of those. Th- so while this is all happening, you know, I visit her sometimes, but uh, you got Skype, you got, code, exactly. you know, you can see each other all the time, right, uh, with technology, but you're still not really, it's not satisfying. Yeah. And I felt that sort of, you know, so I made a joke like we're in zombies, international zombies of love, something cliche like that. And then it, the name stuck when we were starting to run around and do the festivals. But it sort of ties into sort of theme of the album about like hearing wishes, the, the, this notion of visceral. And I feel like um, we're all kind of like international zombies these days. It's like we're kind of not really touching the... Like, we touch the surface with technology, and everyone kind of has everything together on top of everything, but at the end of the day, where, where's the viscerality? Where's the love? Where's the reality? Where's the depth? You know, and I'm, I feel, you know, everything this year has been tying into that, you know, like from Snowden and all that kind of stuff. So the bloom is off the rose of technology and all this kind of stuff. It's not like I'm anti-technology, but it's kind of... In fact, I'm so into 80s techno, it's a, it's a joke. But... If you notice on stage, it's like a lot of the sound we do is sort of analog recreations of that idea, kind of. So 
it's kind of a weird thing, but that's where it's at. That's beautiful. <laughs> that, was the, that was like the quintessential, like perfect response. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so coming off of your May release, uh, you heard this wish. Um, you must be having a blast touring it out. I am. It's really fun. and. Um, what I really like about it is that I can, like you saw it, you saw the solo thing today, but it's like, it's usually, a, like, the album was done as a trio with some other people coming in and stuff like that, but, and I tour with the trio sometimes, that's a big full-on bore-out thing, and we're actually going to be, I'll, I'll let you know, like, we're going to be doing some visuals soon, it's going to be amazing, but I can also do a solo, hello, brought to you by Harley Davidson, I can, uh, I can do a solo config, and then I do a duo config, uh, with either one of the two other players on the, on the band. So basically, I can tour any of those configs all the time. So it's allowing me to sort of uh, play almost any gig I, I get offered, uh, you know, that I want to play, right? <laughs> I won't be playing like, you know, the Chicken Wing Palace down the street, you know, unless they have a good guarantee, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, may, and maybe I'm hungry that week. You know, maybe I will play that. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I, I have no qualms. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah, I'm not, hum I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite part about playing summer? festivals meeting all the different bands it's like and meeting all the like people like you to be honest like because because it's the only way I get to meet different people and artists it's like um, uh, I, you know I have a family I have a job and things like that so I'm out when I do this I'm like this is my passion this is what I love and it's the only time I get to see different bands and things like that it's the only way I meet bands is by playing with them or like being at a festival like this and the only way I get to meet pe awesome people like you is through like people that connect me and suddenly we're doing an interview I'm like oh she has an awesome blog. Let's talk. You know, it's like, and now I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Selfies, besties, there we go. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, but that, I really dig that. So, yeah, I just met uh, other people and it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's great. And free beer is always good in the tents. Free beer. Yes. Always. Now I have VIP access. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> That's like the biggest oh. perk of the festival, like the media area. He's piston head, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you've shared the bill with some pretty impressive musicians in your day. You. Um, what's been a standout moment in your, in your career? There's so many, but it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the list of, I mean, recently, I have to say, like, I'm really, really, sounds cliche, but I am so excited about this thing. Like, yeah, the background was, I had this rock band called The Pariahs, and we've been playing for 20 years, and uh, we still have an album in the can that was mixed by Ian Blurton, but it's like, the project kind of fell apart by then, but it's like, one day we're resurrected, but like, Please do, yeah. yeah, it was really cool, but like, I'm really, ex I'm excited right now, like, this album is very exciting for me, um, uh, I'm going to be doing some visuals, and just the whole thing's come together from the way it looks to the way it sounds to the response from people, you know, yeah. all around. It's been just very exciting. And it's sort of revivifying my love for just sort of, you know, the industry or whatever because I don't care about money or anything like that. It's just I'm sort of into it for the, not that I was ever into it for any other reason. But yeah, I mean, uh, tour, touring recently with Perfume Genius was really cool. That was really awesome. And like, he's such a very interesting performer. And that was like one of the first kind of tours we did. And that was really cool. And then, of course, I always look back at the pariahs. I mean, I played with the Ramones. That was pretty awesome. That's super I always like talking about stuff like that. Yeah, you know, as yeah. Because, yeah, so it's always good talking to people that might be a little younger and they're like, oh, you have a band. It must be like a crampy cover band. I go, oh, no, man. Like, I play with the Ramones, brother. And everyone. Sisters. Knows. Yes. It doesn't matter how young we it's are, true. how young people are. It's just like, no, no, you know the people. It's just a way to, yeah, to suddenly say, people go, oh. Yeah. Oh, they, they take you seriously, you know. <laughs> it's nice to see that like light bulb turn on too. Yeah, you can actually see it in their faces. It's true. Those were good shows too. <laughs> there was a really fun time. Got to um, meet all the guys. Yeah. Um, if you uh, could curate your own music festival, where would you hold it, and who would be the headliners? Oh my God. Good question. Where would I hold it? Somewhere different, like not in Toronto. Um, 
I don't know, man. Somewhere like, somewhere like, I really like what the White Stripes did, going up north or somewhere like somewhere strange, so somewhere a place where they'd really like totally be into it, where they don't get enough music much. Like, so up north would be good, or somewhere like like Lonzo Meadows up in Newfoundland or something, you know, where I don't know, even St. John's. Like, well, they got enough good music there, but you know what I mean. Somewhere different like that, or uh, maybe in the mountains at some crazy desert kind of thing. That'd be cool. I would like that. So something weird, and then headlining. I definitely have somebody like like bring television back together, get Tom Verlaine to play, get William S. Burroughs uh, to raise him from the dead and do like a hologram of him, like of doing course. a reading. That's like the least. Wouldn't that thing. be awesome, right? <laughs> Instead of Tupac, you get William S. Burroughs. I would get like uh, I would get um, uh, David Lynch to do a set because oh he's got God, the new yes, album. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know maybe throw in you know I would definitely and of course we'd bring Daft Punk in. We'd reunite them. They should be touring this goddamn album. Why, why are they not touring Where it? The fuck are yeah, they? come on, like. <laughs> Really, dudes, you just hit the Grammys. Like, I, yeah. like, <laughs> guys. So I definitely would bring them together, yeah. for, and they would headline. And then I would, like, you know, I could open up for Daft Punk. It'd be awesome. Yeah, sounds like an amazing. Yeah, International Zombies would definitely be on that. Of course, the, of course. Yeah. I mean, headline. We call it Zombie yeah, Fest or something like that. Yes, do it. <laughs> so it'd be like somewhere between, like somewhere in in Canada, but it'd be sort of like you know Burning Man back when it was like. Not Actually like, yeah, 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 not the real deal. Yeah. I mean, it was the real deal. You know what I'm talking about. So do you have any sets uh, at ScenePest this weekend that you're really looking forward to or someone that you'd recommend to our readers, even if you can't catch them? Um, well, I wasn't here yesterday, but highs are great, and I've played with them a bunch, and, and uh, they're awesome, and they're in the uh, the family, so I, I, love, uh, I love pumping their program. Um, I want to see, um, I don't know if they played already, but I'm interested in Grey Kingdom. Yep. I think they're cool, and I'm really interested in the Dirty Nell, you know, like, totally. it brings me back to my Pariah's Hamilton Days. Uh, they're a great band. Yeah, man, they're I know. And, yeah, and they're Steel Town, right, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, fuck, oh, yeah. I love Steel Town. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have any embarrassing tour stories that you'd like to share? Or are you composed at all times? <laughs> I'm composed at all times. There have been, the Pariahs were kind of crazy. Like, yeah, this is a more, you know, we got this going on. It's not too crazy. But back in my crazy rock days, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it usually didn't involve me. It usually would involve other members of the band, yeah. you know, and it, bodily functions and <laughs> snorting wake-ups and burning hair and, you know, lighting. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, those were crazy times. Um, so your music seems to be constantly evolving and changing. Any idea where you uh, see it going next? I think it's going to go, like, I don't know, but, I, you know, like, this, it's funny. Like, the first album was very kind of, like you said, like, um, sort of bedroomy kind of... Uh, yeah, it was like a bedroom album, kind of, with some psychedelic stuff on top of it. And then, and then I discovered the shitbox uh, synth keyboard thing with the awesome patches. Yes. And so suddenly it became like the synth Steve Miller meets Gordon Lightfoot project. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that thanks. And then um, I don't know where it's gonna go. I think it's gonna get a little more like big. Like I played this, or, or a little more rocky, I think. Um, but there's always gonna be some sort of synthy thing in there. I can't get, let go of the keyboards. But I think it's gonna get visual. In fact, I know that because yeah, the album cover. If, if you've seen the visuals yes. for that, it's done by this friend of mine called Jeremy Bailey, and he's like amazing. He's like showing it to Tate, and he'll be like Venice piano, no problem. And um, and he's gonna be. He and I are collaborating on some visuals, live visuals, and, and then we're doing a video in the form of software soon. Oh. And so it's like, like yeah, so it's like a live performance, and it's only one time. 
recommend. It's Getting like, and as active. bespoke, yeah, yeah, and, and the whole idea is I think live, w definitely it's going to be in response to how I act on stage and the volume of the music, the visuals all around, it's going to be awesome. Wow. And then, yeah, so I think visual is where I'd like to go a bit, like add that in for sure. Excellent, that's unbelievably cool. Uh, let's, well, yeah, that's the yeah. vision. We haven't done it yet. No, but I like where you're going. <laughs> something like that, like in a small place, blow yeah. people's minds. So lastly, what's something no one knows yet about International Zombies of Love? What do you think? <laughs> something that no one knows about International Zombies of Love. No man. I'm, I'm a total closet. I, it's kind of obvious, but I mean, I'll, maybe I should just put it out there. Like, I'm a total closet, um, 70s, easy listening guy. I love that stuff. Like, Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck is probably one of my favorite songs. And you can, they got good song. It's, it's great production on that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So I like that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Perfect. Um, so check out International Zombies of Love at zombiesoflove.com. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and chat. Thank you so much, Shannon. It was a total pleasure. Thank you. Sleep it off and we'll see
always you're just hanging there. Pay attention. Now it's time for your pull-the-plug movie update. This is one doodle that can't be undid, Holmes Gillett. Top five at the box office this week. How to Train Your Dragon 2 is in the number uh, number five slot. $152 million so far. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. Holy ball sacks. <laughs> number four, 22 Jump Street. Number three, Tammy. That's that porno, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Totally. Um, Melissa McCarthy t- just gets butt fucking naked. <laughs> and just, mm. I don't know. I could be into it. Eh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Transformers Age of Extinction. And number one in the box office this week, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, hells yeah. Fuck yeah. I can't wait to see this. I gotta see it this week. It's apparently amazing. Better than the first one. Do it. It's the first movie that they did. You know the, the motion capture stuff where they put like they put you in green suit, put the little white transmitter balls on your on your all over your body. Tell me more. And uh, it's... it's it, Basically, first uh, um, introduced when they did Gollum for the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and the same guy that did that did basically all the ape work for all these Planet of the Apes movies. Very cool. So the first one, it was standard stuff in the studio, and then you digitally put it in the scenes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the first movie where they've actually done it on location. They've done motion capture. They've done motion capture on location. So you have this incredible interaction, this realism between the actor and this C- CGI character now. That is who, apparently on another level. Who the CGI character was someone performing that character. Exactly. That's pretty pretty fucking rad it's, that they can do that. It's pretty sweet. So I'm really uh, really stoked to check that out. Uh, opening this week in theaters for you, uh, The Purge Anarchy, Ooh. sequel to the original Purge. Those of you not in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Planes, Fire, and Rescue, a sex tape. Looks Ooh. pretty funny. The new, uh, the nudie pick with Cameron Diaz. I could be into that, you know. Yeah, I guess so. there's like one scene where she gets like full frontal nude, right? I will. That's what I'm going for, you know. Like yeah. that's why. I, that, just that one scene. Yeah, and the rest, I'll just leave. After the concept that. is very trendy right now. The idea of a sex tape being lost in the cloud when you have it on yeah. on your iPad or whatever. It's it's very now. I like it, though. Yeah, I think it'll work. I think it'll work. Um, and finally, opening up this week, in limited release, Wish I Was Here, a new film from Zach Braff. If you get the chance, check it out. It was a beautifully moving, inspirational film. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic. Coming soon to theaters, July 25th, uh, Hercules. That's... Uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock, which he fits the role quite nicely, just aesthetically. Physically, yeah. 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 Uh, Lucy. Oh, oh, Scarlett Johansson. Okay, this movie, you have to check the trailer out. She's, like, kidnapped or something. Uh-huh. And she's given this drug. And what it does is that it changes her brain in the process. She's She gets this drug. And it changes her brain. So, like, she, like, her brain evolves to a level that is incomprehensible. Yeah. So she breaks free and then starts just fucking shit up. And it I looks remember seeing awesome. this tra- it, She looks super badass. Like, she pulls off the badass roles she does, really yeah. well. Definitely. Um, I think I think she's just one of those actors that I would pretty well enjoy her in anything. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd recommend checking out the trailer for that one. And Magic in the Moonlight. And then August 1st, we've got Get On Up. Get On Up in there. It just sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, Calvary. 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 Whatever. Cal- I think it's spelled wrong on here. I think so, too. No one's going to go see that, though. Uh, what if? Uh, but what if you said fuck all those other movies and went to see Guardians of the Galaxy? <sighs> oh, that was me coming with excitement. You don't sound even remotely attractive when you come. No, I don't. <laughs> That's okay, though. <laughs> but that movie looks incredible. If you have no idea what it is, 
check out the trailer. Head to YouTube right now because... I think uh, you've been living under a rock because Marvel's been a r- doing a fantastic job of marketing it. For sure. It's basically the the next comic book movie attempt by Marvel, which they've been hitting them all out of the ballpark so far. And this one, uh, it's a comic book sort of geared towards kids a little bit. Like, it's a little bit more fun. There's a talking raccoon and shit like that. Um, but it's also one of... It's the, it's the first property, really, that no one knew... No one really knows a lot about it. Yes. You know, like when they first announced it, it was like, you're you're doing a what movie? Yes. And then you had to like look back at all these all this history of, of Marvel Comics like, oh, yeah, this little thing that no one really gave a shit about. And now people are really giving a shit about it. The the characters look amazing. It's it's a band of criminals that are basically left to defend the planet um, and or save the planet, I guess. And uh yeah, it, I'm pretty pumped for it. It looks funny. It looks entertaining. It looks explosive. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, new on DVD for you this week: The Face of Love, Nine Month Stretch, which I think is about pregnancy, yeah. and Rio Two. Coming soon to DVD: Transcendence, Sabotage, Sabotage, and, and Heaven is for Real. You knew and, I was going to do that, of course. Yeah. Uh, in your celebrity birthdays. Yeah. Actress Anna Lynn McCord is 27. That's a good deal right there. Yeah, who's she? I don't know. She's just a good deal. She's just a really hot lady who's turning 27. She's an actress. All right. You'd probably recognize her, but I've never watched anything she's in. Uh, Actress Jama Mays. She plays uh, Emma Pillsbury in Glee, the redhead teacher chick. The hot red uh, redhead. Fair enough. Come on now. She's 35. She looks damn good for 35. Damn good for 35. She probably looks good for 25, so good on her. Yeah, absolutely. Actor Corey Feldman is 43. Will Ferrell is 47. Yeah. Uh, actress Phoebe Cates is uh, 51. Still probably best known for that scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, she gets out of the pool and... That was that's that introduced a lot of a lot of like teens to their first boner. Oh, I'm sure of it. You I know? got my first boner that day. <laughs> See? For sure. That's what I'm saying. Uh, dancer Michael... Flatley is fifty six. Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance. You've never heard Lord. Of, you've never heard of Lord of the Dance. I don't know. Really, like the, the Irish jig guy, and he gets oh, up yeah. on stage. Is that's him, Michael <laughs> Flatley? We used to make fun of him all the time. He's fifty six. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on surviving teenage years. <laughs> yeah, no shit. As the Lord of the Dance. <laughs> um, and drummer Stuart Copeland is sixty two. Bam. Yeah. Um, and and just before we move on, um. This kind of has to do with movie news a little bit. Um, Marvel made an announcement today um, that may affect future Marvel movies. We'll see. Right now, it's only set for the comics, comic world. Okay. But we're going to see if it's going to affect movies in the future. Uh, Marvel has announced that the new Thor will be a woman. Oh. Which uh, is 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 interesting and rattling a lot of feathers. I think it's a cool idea. I like the idea. Um, I, I hope that doesn't transition into the movies, though. Yeah, you're going to lose your Chris Hemsworth. Um, That's a little saddening, actually. <laughs> the quote from Marvel editor Will Moss states, The inscription on Thor's hammer reads, Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Well, it's time to update that inscription. Uh, the new Thor continues Marvel's proud tradition of strong female characters like Captain Marvel, Storm, Black Widow, and more. And this new Thor isn't a temporary female substitute. She's now the one and only Thor, and she is worthy. That that is pretty cool. I mean, like they said, they have had very impressive, badass, powerful women mm-hmm. uh, roles, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially when young kids are getting into comics 
more and more, it Definitely. seems, that there's nothing wrong with having some really badass, kick-ass female no. uh, role models. Uh, series writer Jason Aaron emphasizes also, this is not She-Thor, this is not Lady Thor, this is not Thorita. This is Thor. This is the Thor of the Marvel Universe, but it's unlike any Thor we've ever seen before. So I know a lot of people are really stoked for that as well. I'm digging the idea. I just really don't want to lose my Chris Hemsworth. And again, they've only announced it for the comics. Yes. Um, But I don't know. I think... I don't know. You could almost... I I want to see how they would would do that in the movies if they were to transition to yep, that, be an I interesting thing. I know you would miss out on your Chris Hemsworth, but maybe I would get a super hot, super hot le- lady Thor. Perhaps. You know? So yeah. I'm, I'm all in for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your movie update coming up. We've got your music news and then uh, two stories still coming up for you tonight here on pull the plug. So uh, please stay tuned. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with everything pull the plug related and why the hell wouldn't you? It's fucking awesome here. Why the fuck not? Uh, go to our newly updated website, ptppodcast.com to link, get links to facebook twitter youtube uh we've got a updated artists page there as well uh with pretty much i think every artist that we've had on the show now might we'll be one or two perhaps I've, I've added a bunch on there yeah and they've got links to their facebooks and twitter and website and bank camps you can support all the fantastic artists that we've had on the on the show as well there so once again do it ptppodcast.com coming up next we're going to get into your music news here but first the jukebox romeo's dirty backcountry revenge
I've gone too far Are you ready to get your mind blown? And now it's time for your pull the plug music news. Slap it up, bass, up, New releases in music: uh, Bleachers with "Strange Desire," Jason Mraz with his new one "Yes," Morrissey "World Peace Is None of Your Business," which I think it is, by the way. <laughs> kind of a pretentious statement there, Morrissey. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think it's all of our business. <laughs> Rise against the black market. Weird Al Yankovic. Mandatory fun. Hells yeah. He's back. He is back. He's back. He's back. Is that a song? Yeah. By who? I Tell think, me. I think it's one that he does. Okay. I'll just I'm gonna let you go with that because I, I've never heard that before. But that's okay. Right. I trust you. I trust you. Just, Top five on billboard.com. I don't know how much you like singing, Fuck so you. <laughs> uh number five. I thought this was gonna be gone this I week. Know. Apparently it's just dug its claws. Into the Ice uh, Frozen soundtrack. It's a good thing Briner's not here because I think he would have had an aneurysm if he was. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have died a yeah. little bit inside. Uh, number four, Isolate and Medicate by Seether. Three, In the Lonely Hour by Sam Smith. Uh, number two, X or 10. I don't know which it's supposed to be. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and uh, number one this week is uh, Trigger by Trey Songs. Trigger, please. Come on now. Oh, that's awful. That was pretty That bad. is not good. No, that's a. Bad. File that one. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. <laughs> Who's Trey Songs, by the way? Have you heard of this gentleman? Uh, nope. Trey Songs. Trey, and that's—I was actually thinking that Trigo was his name, but nope. Trey Songs is the name there. Yeah. Huh. So uh, explain that to me. Maybe you can do a little research on Trey Songs no, for I'm me. No, good. No, you're good. All right. Yep. I'm just going to sit back and listen to the headlines now. Right on. Uh, Probably the biggest news from this past week uh, was that legendary drummer and one of the founding members of the Ramones, Tommy Ramone, passed away. Yeah, fucking sad. Uh, He had been in hospice care following treatment for bile duct cancer, which I don't know what what that is, but that sounds awful. I'm not even going to Google that. No, don't. No. Bad images. Uh, He was the last surviving members of the influential punk quartet. Uh, He played on the first three Ramones albums, uh, Ramones, Leave Home, and Rocket to Russia. He also co-produced the latter two albums with Tony Bon Jovi and Ed Stasium. Uh, he appeared on and co-produced the 1979 Live Ramones uh, album, It's Alive. And after wow. leaving the Ramones to concentrate on studio work, he co-produced the band's 1984 album, Too Tough to Die. Um, he was replaced in the lineup by Mark Bell, who became known as Marky Ramone, yep. and, and a former member of Dust and Richard Heil's uh, Voidoids. So wow. he'll be missed. That's a, that's a bummer. Like For sure. Every Ramon is dead now. That's and and you would have heard in the uh, International Zombies of Love interview that Mike actually shared a stage with with the guys at one point. He opened for them, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. Seems so weird to just recent that recently be talking about them, and and then he passes away. That's, now they're they're all gone. They're all gone. That's such a a weird feeling. There's a, there's a lot of people after a post. It was just like punks now truly dead. And it was a little like, yeah. ugh, fuck. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say the second second biggest piece of news this past week was that uh, Joni Faircloth, who alleged that uh, Bright Eyes frontman Connor Oberst had sexually assaulted her in the comment of an Exo Jane article, mm-hmm. has now admitted that she made the whole story up. Uh, That's fucked up. In February, Oberst had filed a libel uh, lawsuit against her, calling her accusations absolutely unequivocally false. 
Uh, now Faircloth is asking for forgiveness for what she wrote. Uh, she says, the statements I made and repeated online and elsewhere over the past six months accusing Connor Oberst of raping me are 100% false. I made up those lies about him to get attention while I was going through a difficult period in my life and trying to cope with my son's illness. I publicly retract my statements about Connor Oberst and sincerely apologize to him, his family, and his fans for writing such awful things about him. I realize that my actions were wrong and could undermine the claims of actual sexual assault victims, and for that I also apologize. I'm truly sorry for all the pain that I caused. So I'm sure she's getting sued and fined, but why is there not harsher punishments for people that are making false accusations like this? There, I, I really think there needs to be because it, it says right there it detracts, unfortunately, from actual sexual assault From legitimate cases. cases. And and you're, you're dumbing down the issue. You're making it seem like it's a joke, a joke and it's okay to joke about and it's okay to to make false accusations like that, which can completely ruin somebody's life. Mm-hmm. It's really fucked that someone would do that. And she gets to say sorry and that that's kind of it. Like, I feel like she should be facing jail time I, I, for the even the sole fact that she has wasted police time and dollars in a false investigation. Yes. Absolutely. I don't know. I think there should be some sort of retribution there. So, uh... That's that's seriously fucked up. Th- thank, I mean, thank goodness that, you know, it came out that it, that it was false and, and... That's true. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that it is false. I'm oh, just... no, no. Of course not. No, no, no. Of course not. But thank goodness it is. And, and, and it's nice that actually she did eventually come out and say it, but there should be some harsher punishment than just a fine there. Yeah. For, for she's some... a piece of shit. Yeah. In uh, happier news... Tom DeLonge announced via Facebook and Instagram this week that Blink-182 are indeed beginning the process of writing a new album with rehearsals starting this week. Uh, he also apologized for the wait for the new album to the fans with a photo of all three of the band members from, like, high school. It was kind of adorable. It was kind of sweet. Yep. Uh, so I'm really pumped for, for that. Uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan, Cold Cave, and On O'Tricks Point Never, which is the worst band name in the world, will replace the recently disbanded Death Grips on select dates of Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden's upcoming summer tour. Uh, you can see all of the affected dates at their respected websites. Uh, for those listening locally, though, this does include the July 27th Toronto show. So you're replacing one band that a lot of people were kind of shitting on because they're notorious for canceling on shows, and you're getting yeah. three apparently great bands. Yep. So that's cool. Uh, Radiohead's going to be recording their new uh, ninth record in September, according to guitarist Johnny Greenwood. So uh, Radiohead fans got something to look forward to later Exciting. this year. Uh, Interpol have expanded their upcoming tour behind their new album El Pintor, which is uh, due out September 9th, by adding a leg of North American tour dates spanning across October and November. Uh, November and those dates can be found at consequenceofsound.net. And finally, this is a few days old, um, but it looks like Lollapalooza is going to come to Toronto. Super awesome. I'm uh, I, I was super stoked to to see this. Uh, in a recent interview with Consequence of Sound, Toronto Urban Roots Festival head organizer Jeff Cohen revealed plans for Lollapalooza's impending Toronto invasion while discussing the future of his own festival. Uh, he's quoted as saying, "Lollapalooza is surely coming to Toronto next August 2015, and it'll be very interesting to see how that changes the summer landscape in our great city. Honestly, we've never played by the industry's set of rules with regard to how things work in our venues." Uh, but we're absolutely self-sufficient in terms of how we do business and fiercely independent of some of like the bigger guys like Live Nation. Wow. Um, and in a follow-up interview with Consequence of Sound, he further confirmed rumors of a Lollapalooza Toronto, adding that it would take place probably the second week of August. Um, Lollapalooza organizers were reached for comment, but nothing was nothing is confirmed. But they didn't say that it wasn't going to happen. 
Right. Which huh. is, is typically, you know, media jargon for saying, yeah, it's in the works. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Toronto's a huge place. It's, it's becoming even in the most, you know, last five years, even more so, a huge place for, for music. Uh, you've got Toronto Urban Roots Festival. You've got North by Northeast. Uh, you've got now Riot Fest. And speaking of North by Northeast, they officially part, uh, partnered as like a twin city to Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah. It was made official this year um, for the North by Northeast and the South by Southwest um, twin cities kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's uh, Toronto's lacked a major like mainstream music festival uh, since uh, Virgin Mobile Fest in 2009 kind of went yep. away. Um, the only thing that a lot of people are, are, are wondering about is the stiff competition from Oceaga Festival, which typically takes place the first week of August. Yeah, so I mean, at least they're not actually happening at the exact same time, um, because at the same time, like, the Lollapalooza Festival in the States, it does happen the same weekend as Oceaga. Yes, it does. And I know enough people from our area that drive down for that one as opposed to Oceaga, so... If you can go to the one in Toronto, fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, I, I do kind of get that, um, but at the same time, like, Oceaga's got a great thing going. Uh, and I think a little bit of competition isn't such a bad thing. It forces uh, these step promoters to step up their games. Definitely. I do think you might run into issues where people want to go to Oceaga, or if they want to go to one place, they're not going to be able to afford to go to the other one. True. But, and being so close, it's probably a very similar crowd. Well, and typically Lollapalooza and Oceaga have very similar lineups each year, although Lollapalooza usually does... Typically do a little bit better. Do a bit better. A little bit better. As far as who they can pull. And what's more, it's also in direct conflict uh, with outside lands in San Francisco, which might not seem like a huge deal, but it's a huge, huge festival, and you have a lot of people that do travel for that festival. So, the... And I think even more so in that case, for the bands. Yes. Because they're pulling a ton of great, uh, very mainstream acts that are huge in the moment, uh, and... For a new festival in Toronto, those bands might not necessarily see its value. That yeah, exactly. So um, we'll have to we'll have to see and and, and or wait and see how that kind of all plays out. But I like the though, I like the idea of Lollapalooza coming to Toronto. I I like where where their heads are at for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so that's your music news. Uh, we've got two more stories coming up for you tonight. Uh, still on pull the plug. So please stay tuned. Um, and uh, some still really great music. For sure. And we're really loving our covers tonight, eh? Oh, fuck yeah. So let's get into another one here. Here is Where Is My Mind? It's Pixie's cover by JoJo Worthington.
Jojo Worthington there. You are listening to Pull the Plug Podcast. Bam. Boom. What a what a talent she is. Oh, absolutely. I dig S- that. Sweet little uh, voice with her ukulele and it's just it's just nice. Yeah, yeah. She's just pleasant. Um so the Polaris Music Prize, it's a big deal here in in Canada. Yeah. That's that's, that's... For those of you outside our beautiful country. What would you equate it to? That's like no idea. There's, I don't know. It's like it's the best of of the year sort of thing. Like- yeah, the, um, they they have a panel of judges. Um, a while back, they released the long list, which they basically have a list of nominees, which is great. It's really, like the ex- first batch of nominees. Yeah, it's yeah. the first little sort of tip of the hat to Canadian music, saying you guys have been noticed, which is exciting. Definitely. So then they uh, knock that group down to ten. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the 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 panel are the ones that choose the winner, and the winner is awarded thirty thousand dollars. That's pretty sweet deal. And and I mean, there's been some big names in the past. Um, Arcade Fire has won. Fucked Up has won. Feist has won. Um, uh, last year was Godspeed You Black Emperor. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and those bands put the thirty thousand. Uh, even if they're doing very, very well for themselves, they put that 30000 to good use, which is, um, that's really great. A lot of times, uh, a good portion of it goes to charity if they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. If they're sort of an unknown that wins, which is really nice to see when that happens, it sort of helps them propel their career into the limelight. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to give you the 10 short listers for 2014. Just been announced. Just been announced. It's in alphabetical order by artist, so it doesn't mean... Whoever's first is leading the batch or whatever. Uh, number one, Arcade Fire with Reflector. Yep. The uh, kind of obvious choice has to be in there. Uh, Bazia Bulat. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I, I apologize if I'm not. Yeah. Uh, with Tall Tall Shadow. Uh, Drake, Nothing Was the Same. Uh, Jesse Lanza with Pull My Hair Back. Uh, Mac DeMarco with Salad Days. Uh, Owen Pallet with In Conflict. That's a great album. Yep. You should uh, definitely check that one out. Uh, Shad with Flying Colors. Tanya Tagak with Animism, uh, Timber Timber, another great band with their uh, album Hot Dreams, and then uh, finally Uzu uh, from Yamantaka with uh, Sonic Titan on there. So that's your your short list. It's for a great short list, and like I said, Arcade Fire has won before, and I don't know if they sort of take that in, into consideration when they are selecting the winner. I think if they are kind of like if that's a reason for them not to pick them, they shouldn't have picked them for the top ten. I agree. So, but I think that's also a reason then to pick them because you don't want to because if they're not quite honestly, uh, you can have your doubts about Reflector, but it's still a good album. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're listing the top ten albums created by Canadian artists in Canada, uh, that almost it almost has to be on there. For sure. You know, like if you're if you don't put it on the top ten, people are gonna be like, Okay, well they're obviously not on the top ten because they won it before. Also true. But yeah, I don't know I, I don't see them picking Arcade Fire and I feel like you're right, they they felt like they had to put them up there. Mm-hmm. Um which again, deserving album, but I don't think they're going to select them. I, I don't think so either, and nor do I think they they should. I think they're are better albums on here. Owen Pallets in Conflict is a fantastic album. I don't listen to it, but I know people love Drake. Nothing was the same. So, um, and I, I know Shad would be a huge contender this year. Definitely. So, um, and Timber Timber, I think would probably be my personal choice. Yeah. 
Um, but so for the names on there that you don't recognize, check them out. They're obviously moving up in the world of Canadian music, which is always really exciting to see. Definitely. So we'll be posting uh, the link to the story, which has the full list on there. Uh, we'll posting the link to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, find the links to both of those at ptppodcast.com. Back to the music here with some Brennan Clark, No Doubt in My Eyes, on Pull the Plug Podcast. Brennan Clark there, you're listening to PTP, and uh, I'm excited to get into this next story, <laughs> only because things like this happen in the world, and they're not meant to. I agree. It's freaky. It It's, it's weird. Let's yeah. get into it. Uh, there's a, a three-year-old Filipino girl, uh, last week was uh, pronounced dead. Very sad. Three-year-old. 
yeah, that's tragic to have someone so young yeah. pass away. Well, a strange thing happened at her funeral. She woke up. Because, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the Philippine Star reports on the incident, which was publicized after a video of the funeral went viral and confirmed by the local police department. I've watched the video. You don't see her wake up in like that first instance. Right. But you do see her. And her head's moving, and it's in a church, and they're picking her up, and it's like, holy shit. So here's a, here's kind of the, 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 the story from the Philippine Star. Right. Police Inspector Heidi Thielen said that while they were not the proper authority to confirm the medical case, but based on the accounts of the child's parents, the three-year-old girl experienced severe fever for days and was brought to the clinic in the town for medical attention last Friday. During that time, the attending clinic personnel and physician confirmed that the young patient had no more pulse and was clinically dead last Saturday morning about 9 a.m. Okay. An attendee... At the funeral, saw the unnamed girl's head move while arranging the coffin. Can you imagine that, like, shit stain in your pants, by the way? Uh, no. Someone then checked the girl's pulse and found that she was still alive. Had a pulse. Oh, my God. The girl was given water, taken back to a medical clinic for evaluation, and returned to her family home. According to Thielen, uh, the police, quote, cannot make confirmation on the status of the girl, but believe that she remains in, quote, a comatose state at the house. So that's terrifying. But so back at the house, she's she's back into a comatose state. But not only did she have a pulse at, in this video, she's moving. Her head is moving a little now. Now again, it's a shaky YouTube video. Okay. Um, so it might be. Uh, I can't tell if it, if her it's head is moving. It's more of the camera moving. Well, not <laughs> no, not necessarily the camera, but if the person that's picking her up, if her body is just moving because of that motion. But it looks like it's a, a state of its own kind of thing. Interesting. That's like, creepy. It's very creepy. So that leads me to believe, or leads me to be concerned, rather. How many people are they clarifying dead that they bury and then they're not actually dead? Right. But, I mean, if you're buried, then you're going to lose oxygen anyway that you will actually That's die. That's not a reason for it to be okay, though. No, no. I'm I'm just saying. But, uh, yeah, uh, what... I don't know, there's enough uh, uh, shit that you see in these, like, medical shows and stuff where they cut into a body and it starts bleeding, and it's like... They start screaming. Guy's not dead. Yeah. yeah. It, it's weird. Like, it... I get how your body can go into that state and you can, I don't know, be assumed dead, but I feel like there needs to be more procedures in determining if they're dead. <laughs> yeah. I... I, I, I th- it's a, to me, that's a simple thing to test yeah like if you're pronounced dead they better damn well be sure you're you dead you should be dead yes i don't know it, that's it it doesn't seem like a hard concept the fact that we humans can't determine whether something's living or, or dead <laughs> it's, a, it's a tad frightening and you're a doc that's a little unnerving yeah my favorite thing about the whole story though from gawker.com is the first comment that i read on it Young Nazareth man does it and the whole world changes. Little girl from the Philippines does it a few thousand years later and they casually wheel her away from the coffin like, oh, well, better luck next time. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's incredible. That that perfectly sums it up. Pretty much. Uh, so we'll be posting the link to this story. There's the video that's included in there so you can check out the video. Oh you can God. read up all on it. You can go to the Philippine Star and read the whole report. Uh, there's not much more to, to report on right now. That's insane. Um, but I've, I've got it kind of bookmarked so if there's any update keep tabs on it i gotta keep tabs on this shit because that might be the start of the zombie apocalypse we for sure we might have just reported it so yep absolutely we're gonna stay on top of that um and that's fucking insane yeah so just check the pulse maybe a little bit more if you're clarifying somebody's death 
So we're coming to uh, a close for the evening, but first, because we've we've been sorely missing him all night. We've been real butthurt about I've been real butthurt. about Justin Briner not being in the studio with us tonight. So uh, here's a bit of uh, Stin B with Feeling Spaced on Pull the Plug Podcast. <laughs> Every day's the same and your brain feels like it's full of complaints It's the clock ticks, thoughts in a lot As your mind subsides and you fall in shock And as for the medicine man, you'll run you dry He will break you in, he'll swallow you whole You will lose your friends, time ticks by as it comes to an end And you're feeling space, this is the only way you feel free And you're feeling space, this is the only thing this sap you a pan flying so high There's no real masks left in your skies When you lie in the bed you made a top you to see just how you used to be And if you don't stand for anything Do you even stand at all? How many lies can you inhale Before your lungs collapse and you fall?
Justin Bryna there feeling spaced to close out the night. You know what? Without him here, that's what I feel. Like I feel spaced. Yeah. yeah. It, it was nice to have a little Bryner in our lives tonight, though. I like a little Bryner Every... everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. In my butt. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the my. joke there. That was the... Oh, my. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Uh, so that was fun. That was a fun show, right, Shan? Like, we had a decent time together. I mean... Zombie kids and international zombies of love. It was it was a good night. It was, it was fun. So yeah. <laughs> I think we did okay. Yep. Um, and But but don't worry. Next week, um, we're going to have Justin Briner back, hopefully. Briner's back. Um, and I've got a, a... I'm very excited because I've got a gross story for you next week. That's the worst. Um, but the, fu- the funny thing is it's gross, but I'm going to be the one that's most affected by it. Excellent. It's about fucking time. And it's interesting. It's interesting how that's going to play out. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about that. So please make sure you download next week's episode. And um, I hope Reiner listens to this show. He is prone to not doing that sometimes. Right. Um, Bone up on your 90s music. Oh. Well, we know he's good with that. He's great at it. He's our little grunge kid. But I want you to bone up on your 90s music because uh, we're going to have a little a little game Oh, next fun. week that I've got planned. Super fun. Very cool. So uh, please uh, bone up in your 90s music, get stoked for gross stuff, and uh, weird sexual humor, because that's what we're all about here at Pull Absolutely. Plug, right? uh, you can stay up to date with everything Pull the Plug related at the website, ptppodcast.com. It's brand new. Facelift and all that shit. That's right. Yeah. sexy. Absolutely. Mm. So once again, ptppodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. And stay interesting, friends. Kiss my curvy butt. Goodbye. And that's it for tonight. That's about it. Eh. That's all. That's the show. But so, that's all, folks. Thanks for listening, and 